0: This episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Be sure to go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com for all of your equipment, apparel, and accessory needs. They've even got training aids. They've got all the great stuff from all the brands that you hear on our podcast every week. So once again, that is WorldwideGolfShops.com. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. Your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission? To keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. This is your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us all over social media at GolfUnfiltered.com. Send us an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Of course, hello to our friends and partners over at the Hackers Paradise and to those of you listening to this show on their radio app. And, of course, hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Srixon Golf. Got to see a lot of great stuff from them in Orlando over the last week, and we're going to recap a lot of all the things that we saw as a team in Orlando last week at the PGA Merchandise Show, but wanted to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, and Zegzio. So as I mentioned folks, we are back from Orlando. And I gotta tell you, first and foremost, when I arrived in Orlando uh for the PGA merchandise show on Sunday evening, I think it was about forty-five degrees. Now, as you know, I live in the Chicagoland area, and right now I believe it is about, oh I don't know, maybe ten degrees outside, maybe a little bit warmer. And I did not expect that climate when I got down to Orlando, nor did anyone else, because I think it really impacted a number of things, most specifically the demo day that we did not go to, but of course many people did, including all of the brands that were down there to showcase their new products. And it just wasn't a fun time for these brands. I mean, it's always windy around that driving range, but it was also very cold. I think at one point in the morning when people were setting up, it was barely over 35 degrees. That's just not a fun place to be or a a temperature to be outside in. And I can speak from experience, of course. But eventually the weather did warm up a little bit. And of course, as I was stepping onto my plane to come back to Chicago, it was about 75 degrees in Orlando. Of course, that's, that's usually the way it works, right? At any rate, we did have the chance. I went down, of course, with my friends over at the Hacker's Paradise. Josh Babbitt was the team lead, as he usually is, along with... Uh, We had Dan Edwards, we had Jeremy Dick, we had Michael Ward, and it was just a great time to not only uh, work together as a team, but also to just walk up and down the Orlando Convention Center or the Orange County Convention Center multiple times. And if you've never seen this building, I know I say this every time I talk about it, but it is just absolutely massive. It's actually 2.1 million square feet. And i got to say, we we walked a good amount of that, that uh, square footage over the entire week. So I was there from Sunday evening until about Friday afternoon. So in today's episode, what I'm going to do is just me and you, I'm going to share a few thoughts that I had, a few takeaways that I experienced from the PGA Merchandise Show. Later on in the week, we may bring on one of those guys that I mentioned earlier to talk a little bit more about their experiences. And if you stayed in touch or if you uh, stay tuned... To the Golf and Filtered podcast and our social media channels, as well as the hackersparadise.com, you saw that we released a few podcasts last week live from the convention center. But until we have that chance to kind of all collate our thoughts together and then schedule something where we can get on the calendar with one another, I felt it was at least a little appropriate for me to share only my thoughts from the uh, PGA merchandise show. And so, First and foremost, it was uh, the biggest thing that I noticed, as well as a few others that I went with, was just the the number of brands and vendors that weren't there. And specifically, of course, TaylorMade Golf was not at the PGA Merchandise Show once again. It's a choice that they make, and we talked about this from last year when they also were absent from from the show floor. But there were also a number of others. Uh, some Brands like Wilson Golf, for example, they did not have a a vendor booth on the convention center floor. They did have something at Demo Day, as I understand from the pictures I've seen on social. But they opted to instead have a meeting room that uh, I'm not sure was the best option for them. Now, granted, I'm sure they had the opportunity to meet with everyone they needed to meet with. Certainly with the release, for example, of the D7 forged irons, they were able to showcase those at Demo Day. But it was a pretty blatant—I uh, don't even know—the absence of of not seeing them on the show floor, and I was kind of disappointed in that. You know, of course, being another Chicago brand, I know a lot of great people over there. I would have liked to have seen something there instead. Last year in 28, 2018, right? No, no, twenty nineteen. Sorry, geez, what year is it? <laughs> in twenty nineteen, Wilson actually had a booth over by the hitting bays—the the little you know makeshift driving range that they. Put up in the convention center, and that was actually that space was now used by FlightScope, that had a huge booth for them, uh, as they were showcasing a few new products, tracking, uh, you know, GPS tracking as well as ball launch monitor devices, and so it was just something like that that I, I, I you know, I really wish I would have seen them there. Um, and I'm sure many others fans of the brand, especially since, you know, you had the the current U.S. Open champion in your stable. I thought that would have been a little bit more appropriate. Um, but the other thing that we all noticed was the fact that there were just, there was a lot of open space this year. And some of that was by design. Uh, a lot of that was just because there weren't as many vendors there, I don't think. I mean, there were some instances, if I'm remembering correctly, between like, Uh, uh, the Titleist uh, booth, which was massive, and it was very similar to what it was last year. And, you know, then there's that corner with uh, Cobra Puma, Mizuno, and then if you walked a little bit more, you had just this big open space as you were kind of heading from Mizuno towards the Ping Golf area, because Ping didn't necessarily have one specific booth. They kind of had this open concept block and there, were just, there was just a lot of open space, and so we didn't know if that was just the way that the booths were configured. We didn't know if there were some brands that just decided, like Wilson and, other, and TaylorMade, who decided to not have a presence on the show floor. It just gave the convention center and the show, in my opinion, just a different feel overall. Now, that said, there was still plenty of stuff to look at, and in today's episode, I want to break down a few things. I want to break down the, at least uh, initially, and I'm going to have a lot more time to think about this, but some of the surprises or at least the top products that I saw at the PJ Merchandise Show, as well as a few things that I was a little, I won't say disappointed per se, but maybe a little bit underwhelmed of a few of those products. So once we come back, we're going to jump right into that, starting with the surprises and the things that really caught my eye this year at the 2020 PJ Merchandise Show in Orlando i know you love the game even though it drives every single one of us crazy hi this is bill hobson and i host the four golfers network podcast where we celebrate golf in every way imaginable you'll hear interviews with the biggest names in the sport travel features special contests and we even take your calls So after you listen to Adam and Golf Unfiltered, give us a try. Subscribe to the 4Golfers Network podcast. That's F-O-R-E on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, folks, well, let's get right into it. And so there were a number of things that I really was surprised about at the PGA Merchandise Show this year. And, you know, first and foremost, I just thought that it was important to at least mention that this was a different feeling show because there weren't many, and maybe just a small handful of products that were actually released at the show. Everything else was already out. That was kind of the buzz among others that were walking around the show floor as well as uh, at drinks at the Rosen Center down the pit every night. Um, everything was already released. It was just really an opportunity for many of us to get our hands on the new products for the first time. And, you know, spe- speaking specifically for myself, That included many things, like the Callaway Maverick Driver. That included uh, everything from Cobra and Puma, pretty much, because I don't have a lot of experience playing with those clubs, or at least working with them. Uh, And, you know, even a couple things from Mizuno Golf, specifically their new putter line. Now, these have been out for a little bit. You can go out to the website now, for example, and purchase a new M-Craft putter is the name of of the putter. And this was also, though, the first time that I had the chance to actually roll one of these things. And there are a number of different shapes, of course, and a number of different colors. And the one that really caught my eye and everyone else that was on the, the blue putting green, which was actually quite nice, uh, was the, the um, I guess, Mizuno blue, although it's a little bit of a lighter shade of blue than what was on the logo and everything. This was just a really solid putter. It had nothing to do with the color, of course, but the build of it was was really great. I mean, it's a, it's a milled putter. It's a, it got a great weight to it, and it just, the, the feel at uh, impact was very soft. And you all know that that's the preference I have of, uh, when I'm, you know, using a putter as a soft feel. And it was just a really solid built club. And what I really liked in the Mizuno booth... Was there were, uh, they had these little, it was all, well, first of all, the booth itself looked like an Apple store, which is very clean, it looked very professional, and it was very welcoming because you can just walk right in, and there was a, I guess, like a help desk right there. And then along either side on the perimeter of the booth, there were, you know, the new clubs, the new drivers, the new irons, and everything that we've talked about on the show before. But they also had these little display cases, and in one of those cases was a progression of Mizuno putters over the years, and many of us, will remember, and maybe some of us won't, but many will remember that, you know, they've worked with all the big names. You know, they worked with Scotty Cameron very uh, late in the 90s, then they worked with T.P. Mills, and then they worked with Bettinardi, of course, and then ultimately they have landed on the M-Craft putters that they themselves mill at Mizuno. So that was a pleasant surprise for, for our team that was down there. I mean, we all love the putters. Actually, Jeremy, who was down there, was thinking, you know what, I... One of my goals was to look at all the new putters that are coming out and to, to choose my new putter for 2020. And, you know, he hasn't made a decision yet, I don't think, but I would not be surprised if he went with the, uh, the M Craft from Mizuno. So that was a, a very big positive for me, uh, for a brand that I really do enjoy. Uh, another surprise, or maybe not a surprise, but this was the first time that I had the chance to really check out all the new Zexio uh, equipment as well as the new full-face wedge from Cleveland Golf. And the way that Cleveland on Zegzio did their booth was also a little bit different. They had less walls than before. It still looked very similar to what they had in 2019. But right up in front, as soon as you walk in, they showcased everything from Zegzio. Now, I've never hit a Zegzio golf club in my life. And this was actually the first time I had a chance to get my hands on a lot of these. And they had everything right up front. You got to check out all the new equipment from that brand, or at least that, you know, that that sub brand under the same umbrella. And they were showcasing, you know, Ernie Ells was was, you know, all over on the posters. Of course, they had the Srixon and Cleveland family as well. We had the chance such as Shane Lowry, of course, the open champion, and Jamie Sudlowski, who we had the chance to actually hang out with a little bit uh, after the show, as well as do a quick live stream interview with him for the Hackers Paradise. But what I really liked was the shape and the weight and just the, I guess, the feel of the Cleveland full-face wedge. And we've talked about this in recent episodes, about brands not imitating one another, but at least offering similar technologies for their fan bases and loyalists like myself. And this is not the first time that we've seen a high-toe wedge with grooves across the entire face, because obviously, golfers like amateur golfers like me and others have a tendency to not hit the sweet spot all the time, especially with their wedges. So, but it was the first time, actually, again, I keep saying this, but it was the first time I had the chance to have to hold this club, and I really think that this, this club is going to help a lot of golfers, as do the other competing brands that have a, a wedge of this shape. And so that was... Probably my second favorite thing that I saw just because, you know, again, something I knew that was coming out, something that we all had heard of, but it was really the first time we had the chance to see it up front. Now, leaving that, leaving equipment for a second, and then going towards the other end of the convention center. So if you picture all of the the golf equipment, golf clubs, you know, training aids on one side of the convention center, there was almost a natural progression into golf apparel. And down on the apparel side, we had the chance to go into Stitch Golf. Now, if you're not familiar with Stitch Golf, go out to their website, stitchgolf.com, and take a look. And they are certainly a premium apparel brand. They also have great accessories, such as golf bags, that if you've followed us on social, you'll know that I have a Stitch Golf bag that I purchased. And uh, they're just a really unique, modern-looking company that offers similar products, and uh, what we were able to take a look at this week again was one of those products that's been out for a couple years now but it was the first time we had the chance to see it up front and that was the ultimate garment bag now this is not a golf bag it's it's a piece of luggage but this was just an um, it's it's an amazing concept because other brands have tr- or other competing brands have tried to do something like this before but it's essentially it's a it's a duffel bag that you can uh, unfold and lay out in its entirety and it takes on the shape of almost a, a, a suit jacket that you can then pack in and then fold and like kind of roll up and fold using the bag zippers and everything to really just be the the ultimate as the name implies garment bag you can fit everything that you would possibly need for a uh, a lightly packed week long visit to say that another way i would i would probably be able to use this bag for last week um, I brought way too much stuff that my, uh, my teammates that week uh, actually let me hear about many times, rightfully so, because I brought too many damn pieces of clothing. Um, but this is just a great bag because you could fit shoes in there. You could probably fit more than one pair of shoe in there, actually. Um, so I'll have to try that out if I have the chance to try out the bag uh, up close. But you could also fit everything you need. Again, it's a good-sized bag, and it was just really great to see a demonstration up close of how this this bag works. And so it's a little bit more on the pricier side. I think it retails right now for about $300 if you go out to their website. But uh, there was a lot of buzz in the Stitch Golf booth that really did look like a department store for, for this company. And there was just a lot of people in, in that, that booth overall. So those were the items or the products that really uh, caught my eye, at least the top three or four uh, from last week. And there was one other product that I can't really talk much about because it's still in the prototype phase. But on Wednesday evening, myself and, and Michael, who came down with me, had the opportunity to go to the Orlando Magic game as guests of Golf Pride Grips. There were a number of other media members there as well. And not only did we get a rundown of the new MCC Team Colors grips, which you're going to see pictures of that on our social media, um, which are really great grips and highly recommend checking those out. But we also were introduced to a new concept, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully here because we were sworn to secrecy, uh, that is really, I believe, and this is not hyperbole by any means, will change the way that re-gripping is done Forever. I mean, it is a very interesting concept. It is still in its prototype stage, as I've said. Uh, and once they perfect this thing, I mean, we were given a demonstration a couple times. I had the chance to try this new prototype myself. That's all I'm going to say for now, but keep your eyes peeled because we were told that later on this year it's going to be perfected as well as released to the public. And uh, believe me when I say, you're going to love this concept. And so that's all I'll say for now. I don't want to give away too much. Okay, well, transitioning away from the things that we liked over to the products or brands that maybe missed the mark a little bit. And uh, one of the uh, this might seem trivial, but one of the things that we always like to see when we go to the show are just the booths themselves. The design, the way that they've constructed them, whether or not they do a great job of, of inviting people in. And Callaway Golf typically has a great booth. I mean, it's massive. And that was the case again this year. I mean, they basically take up an entire section of the convention center floor, uh, much larger than most other brands. And this year was no exception with a evident... I'm not sure how to put this. It was evident that they didn't have as much time planning the booth as perhaps they had in the past. And from conversations we had with other people, uh, we got the impression that that was the case. Um, I actually heard at one point that they only had about a month to put this thing together. And it was still very effective. It was very similar to what they did in the previous year, where if you walk in, really, you had no choice but to walk through the booth because it literally straddled the main hallway of the convention center you'll have a bunch of or they had a bunch of uh, like desk tables um uh, set up on one side of the main aisle where you could go and you could have your appointments you could have uh, you could try out some of the products they had maverick there they had uh, odyssey putters they had you know toulon putters all that were there Um, stroke lab of course but then on the left side of the aisle, where last year they had a big media section where you could actually go, and they had podcasts going on. They had a little section where you could do television interviews, which was actually very convenient. We did that a couple of times. But they didn't have all that. In fact, they only had this big movie screen. It was really, really big, actually. But, and they were just kind of showcasing uh, Callaway content because they're also a content company now. They have podcasts and other things. They were showcasing that along with, oh, on a loop actually, so every time we walked by it we just saw the same thing going on. But then they also had these little white benches that for many people were very welcome, welcoming because, I mean, you're walking around a lot, you want to sit down somewhere, but it just seemed like a lot of wasted space because there weren't a lot of people using it. Um, and it didn't really serve any other purpose for the brand itself other than being a place that people can just kind of sit down. So I don't know what the concept was behind that. If that was the concept, then I guess they delivered in that regard, but I just felt that that was a lot of space that could have been used for something different from an interactivity standpoint. You don't necessarily want a mini movie theater there. But aside from that, you know, the Maverick Clubs, uh, they, they are what they are. I mean, we, we've we already heard so much about the story, the story itself with artificial intelligence once again that they started with um, with the Epic Flash. They are now doing and perfecting a little bit more within the Maverick. That's all there. It's a great story. People are going... I mean, they're going to sell a ton of those clubs, including the Irons, which many of uh, us were talking a little bit about and saying, you know what, this is probably going to be the best-selling Iron of, of 2020, and of course time will tell. But, I mean, there just wasn't really a, a big exciting buzz going on. Uh, that being said, though, the triple track on Odyssey putters, they had a few new shapes. They have the triple track lines on the putter, at the top of the putter now, and, and that was interesting to see. Um, I don't know if that's something for me. I don't know if I'd be able to make that switch. Probably won't. Uh, but... That as well is going to help a lot of. Uh, they're going to help a lot of players in 2020. Something else that we saw throughout the week, and it turned into kind of this running joke or a meme for anyone that was in attendance. And if you watched on social media, you kind of saw this everywhere. Was just the large number of CBD companies. Now, as somebody has you who, who uses CBD every so often, I mean, it's 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 a great product. I mean. You you use it for specific circumstances, but, I mean, there were just companies everywhere. I mean, I'm not kidding. There were probably about 30 of them. And they had everything from, you know, muscle rub to ingestible CBD to help you with relaxing or sleeping or whatever. But they also all had the same message. Everything that we're doing is natural and clean, and everything everyone else is doing is dirty and awful. (laughs) So... I, You know, we kind of expected this to happen. We, we, we thought that there were going to be a handful of these, these companies out there because it seems like anyone can start one these days. We've had a CBD uh, company on this podcast before. I just think that at some point this bubble's going to burst. Someone's going to get sick. So, something's going to, I mean, they all can't be, you know, they, they all can't have the same quality of product. You know, everyone's saying everyone's going to say it's organic. Everyone's going to say there's no added chemicals or whatever. I mean, at some point it's going to be, it, something's going to happen. And I, I hope I'm wrong because clearly you don't want anyone to get sick or hurt or anything. But it was just, it was evident that this was the trend for this golf season. And everyone's jumping in on the boat here. And I did have the chance to visit with a few booths. Um, muscle MX, for example, they are a uh, independent, up and coming uh, brand that offer uh, muscle rub. Had the chance to try it out. I mean, it felt great. I mean, it kind of has like that that menthol ingredient. That um, if you've ever used any other, you know, muscle rub, you you know what I'm talking about. It kind of feels like uh, it's like a cooling sensation. But you know, I just. Uh, I don't know. I it, there was a lot. There were there were a lot there, and so I'm just hoping that you know the 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 cream rises to the top. Right? Is that is that kind of how it goes? But that was that was kind of funny at one point, and I don't think that was the message that they wanted to portray. Um, you know, people don't want you don't want people to laugh <laughs> at your products at all. Uh, there were just so many there, and I'm hoping that uh, that's not something that we see continue moving forward. Now. The last thing that really kind of disappointed me was really on the apparel side. Usually when you go to the show, you want to find like that diamond in the rough. You want to find that new apparel, piece of apparel, hat hat company, you know, whatever. That's really going to stand out and say, wow, that's just a different take on whatever that is. And we just didn't really see that. This year. Now, I already mentioned Stitch Golf, and of course, they've got a lot of great things that are going on there. They, uh, you know, of course, True Linkswear was there along with LinkSoul, and, you know, they had a collaborative booth as well. Travis Matthew was there. They had a lot of great stuff, including their new quater, uh Casual line that I think is really going to be uh, extremely popular uh, moving forward. But overall, besides those brands, I mean, there wasn't really anything that stuck out. And earlier in this episode, I mentioned about, you know, all the, the, the free space, or I guess I could say wasted space. There was a lot of that on the apparel side. I mean, it's, and it's kind of disheartening too, because you have to think, and this is true every year, there are independent brands that probably spend most of their savings to come to this convention center. And it's not inexpensive to have a booth. I mean, I think that's obvious, but There were just so many instances where there was, you know, a hat company over here that was exactly the same as the one across the aisle and nobody was at either booth. And I don't know if, you know, social media, for example, you know, the trends that we see among influencers or content creators, and they're all wearing a certain type of style, people pick up on that. They start their own brand. And then all of a sudden it just looks like everything else. I don't know if that's working. I mean, there's two lines of thought there. I'm not in marketing, so I, you know, certainly there are smarter people than me in that regard. In many regards, actually. But that just seemed to be a a miss there. Especially for, because there was nobody at their booths. Um, but the other thing, too, I know that we're talking about apparel here. We're talking about shirts, pants, socks, you know, in some instances, underwear. There are a few uh, booths there showcasing that. You're really not able to do a whole lot in those uh, areas. Outerwear is a different thing. I mean, I believe there was a K-Juice was a a bright spot in that regard. They've got a fantastic um, uh, rain gear line, for example, where they had this kind of like a a mannequin in a dunk tank almost that had, you know, water spray from the top to showcase just the waterproof technology in this uh, pretty expensive um, rain jacket. But aside from that, I mean, it was just kind of a sea of the same stuff over and over again. And so that was kind of disappointing to me. I mean, there weren't any really diamonds in the rough, anything that really stuck out too much. But um, that that was a low point, I think, on the apparel side, at least. And then the last thing I want to talk a little bit about here, uh, you know, we talked about the things that caught our attention, either good or bad. I also want to talk a little bit just about the the people and the feel and the atmosphere that were at the uh, PGA merchandise show this year, and I think that this is true for most years, at least in recent times. Uh, this is only my third show, um, but there was there were really distinct categories of oh I don't know, uh, not necessarily people, but just. Uh, attitudes, I guess you can say, among the attendees. And I'm speaking specifically for the brands that were there, the, the workers that were working in these brands or for these brands, as well as media members that were there that I had the chance to catch up with. Um, had a, was a, It's always a great opportunity to not only see old friends in both, you know, the brands as well as media, but also to uh, to meet new people. But overall, I felt that there were really three distinct categories that people kind of fell into. The, fir- the first one, of course, were those that were really legitimately excited to be there. You know, uh, uh, once again, you get to see friends from, you know, the golf industry. A lot of times, speaking for myself, this is really the only opportunity I get to, you know, catch up with these people and work with them more closely, have the chance to talk with them. And, and that's exciting. Um, I loved, you know, hanging out with a number of people. And that was, I think, the majority of people that were in attendance. Because once again, you know, uh, those who cover golf or work in golf full time, not myself, but others, you know, they always tend to say, you know what, do you know how lucky we are to be able to do this? Two friends of mine, of course, uh, Michael Versgood, you've heard on this show many times, and, and John Kim of U.S. Kids Golf, they actually shared a little anecdote with me earlier uh, well, actually, they shared it on on social media, now that I think of it, where they had a conversation to that, to that end about just how lucky they are. And I think, again, that was the overarching feel for most people in attendance. But then there were the people that really didn't want to be there and made it known. Uh, you know, the eye rolls, the, oh, here we are again. You know, this is my 15th show or this is my, you know, 10th show in a row. And I just don't understand that. And we had this conversation among ourselves as a team uh, while we were down there. Uh, You know, once again, nobody's forcing you in most instances to go to the PGA show. I mean, there were moments, even for myself, if I'm being completely honest, um, mainly because of uh, a number of factors that I (laughs) I was an idiot Uh, on Monday night, for example, um, felt awful the following day. But uh, there were some instances during the week where I was like, you know what? I'm good. I think, I think I'm okay. I, I just want to go lay down, <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I don't work for one of these big brands, you know, and, and, to, and to hear that type of mentality from golf companies, go, you know, golf equipment companies. I, mean, ugh, I don't know. That just rubbed me the wrong way because you never want to come across as jaded. You never want to come across as taking something for granted or at the very worst come across as being told that you need to be somewhere that you really don't want to be and i'll say that that was the minority of people that were there but it was still present you can see it in their body language you can kind of you could definitely hear it in the words that they were saying and that's just not the, the the type of attitude that i'm sure these brands want to project to all the people that were walking through once again most of us myself included Don't get to see you throughout the year. This is the only instance that we do. Not to tell you how to do your job, but it's almost better, or it's certainly better, to put your best face forward. I know that's difficult to do for an entire week, but it's one week a year. You can go back to hating everything after that week. But... Who am I to say, right? <laughs> the third distinct category was really, you know, kind of a mixture of the two. But uh, more than that, it was really just a matter of, well, we're we're here again. It's fun. Let me tell you about all the things that are wrong with the golf industry. Now, admittedly, I fall into that bucket relatively often, actually, because I'm an opinionated guy. You guys know that. My friends are as well. And we like to have those off-the-record conversations with one another, and I think that's a healthy thing to do. But it's it's very evident, though, that there is a uh, a certain amount of negativity when it comes to talking about the work that others do. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm including myself in that because I know that I fall into that. Uh, there is certainly a lot of positivity spoken about, you know, so-and-so does this very well, you know, this product really surprised me, we really like that, and that's really one of the best things to hear, is when one brand is talking about another in a positive light. That's, That's great to hear, and it's great to see, and that just shows that there's almost like a collaborative, or a collaboration mentality there, which is perfect, it's helping everybody. But then there's the other side of it, where it's, you know, uh, they just did this wrong, and that's never going to work. Or, you know, this media company covered this, and wow, they're they're awful. Yeah, I mean, in some instances, that's true. But in the other instances, it's like, all right, well, what are we actually going to do about that? They're trying as well. Other media companies, for example, I mean, there are, there are a lot that are there. There's tons of bloggers. There's, of course, you know, Golf Digest, Golf Magazine, the big guys, and then everyone in between. And we're all just trying to do the best we can for the most part. And we're all trying to do it in an honest way for the most part. <laughs> and believe me, the brands, that, the brands know, folks. If you're listening to this and you run one of those sites, they know. They know what you're doing. We talk about it. Everyone talks about it. And I'll just say again, I put this out on social not too long ago. It's best to be honest with your business practices because ultimately we all find out. And it's not a secret anymore. If, the, if that applies to you, you know what I mean. At any rate, there were th- those three kind of distinct attitudes or personalities or characters, I guess you could say, throughout the PGA show. But overall, a positive experience. It was great to really uh, try out these products, to see what's being released. A few things are yet to come that I think all of you are going to enjoy. A lot of focus on the golf ball throughout the convention center. I mean, there were a lot of different golf ball uh, technologies that were showcased. showcased, <laughs> Showcased. Uh, you know, Bridgestone did a great job. They, they just focused on the golf ball. They really paid close attention and emphasized the fact that Tiger Woods worked with them in the development of their new golf balls. They had a great little display there that you saw on social media of, you can walk up and, and take a look at the new product under magnifying glasses. You can actually cut open the product if you wanted to to kind of play off of the whole uh, you know trend that towards the end of last year about quality control. And so uh, there, there was a lot of focus on that. And as I mentioned, you know I'm going to try to get either Dan or Jeremy on the show as well uh, to talk a little bit more about their viewpoints and what they saw uh, at the PGA show. But those were my initial thoughts. Now a couple days removed from, I'm recording this on a Sunday, a couple days removed from the final day of the PGA Merchandise Show. Let me know what thoughts you have. Let me know what questions you have. If there was anything that was not covered here or anything that was that you wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know how to get in touch with me, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on social at golfunfiltered. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and we're. I'm happy to... to, to you know, expand on that. There's also a lot of great conversation that's going on over at the hackersparadise.com. If you're not familiar with them, they are the second largest online golf forum in the world. And there's just a ton of conversation that goes on all throughout the day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they've got a lot of great content as well as conversation going on specifically about the PGA Merchand- Merchandise Show in one of their uh, forum threads. So That's all for right now, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, as always. If you like what you see here, or hear here, rather, hear hear, (laughs) here, go out to iTunes and rate us five stars. Really would appreciate that. It's going to allow our podcast to move up the charts a little bit so that others can uh, take in what we have to say here. Thanks again, folks. We'll be back again next week, hopefully, with uh, either Dan or Jeremy, or we'll have another guest very shortly. Thanks, as always, for your support. We'll talk again soon.